Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Communism is a great idea, (laughs) but in practice, it leads to death. In theory, communism is a great idea. Everyone is equal. No one makes more than anyone else. Well, unless you're its leaders, but there's, they're always the exception. Everyone has enough of everything in the theory of communism, but in reality, it leads to a loss of God-given freedoms. It takes away any individual ability to take care of themselves. Uh, it, It makes you totally dependent on the government's masters and unable to do or think for yourself. You are the perfect communist if you are basically just a meat robot. (laughs) Obviously, communism and leftism in its other forms like socialism and liberalism, progressivism, are, are better left as an idea and never put into practice. It always leads to death and destruction. About a year and a half ago, when I first heard people talk about defund the police, I kind of dismissed it, to be totally open and honest with you. The, the only people I had ever heard that wanted less protection from the police were people who broke the law. <laughs> Maybe even that high school kid that keeps getting busted for doing stupid stuff. I, I did not really think it was something that had any rational person seriously considering it. This podcast is called Uncommon Sense for a reason. Common sense is not common any longer. And any clear-thinking person would be able to see that by stifling and and neutralizing and neutering and and reducing police departments, you are asking for more crime. It is human nature to do the things that, that you are rewarded to do. It is also human nature to not do things that you are punished for. The, the, the police, together with the social justice system, exists to hold people accountable for doing wrong or evil things. Romans 13, 1 through 4 says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For these, for, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, who Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for she is God's servant for your good. But If you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So so let me be clear here, okay? 
this this particular passage is not saying that we are to obey every governmental official. We have entire podcasts on this. You can go back at uncommonsensepodcast.com and you can hear these. In fact, some of these are some of the most popular ones that we have. What the Bible is saying here is that the institution of government is set up by God to prevent chaos and to protect the innocent and punish the evildoer. I also want to be clear that I will defend the police when they are doing this scriptural thing. I will not support them when they are doing the wrong thing themselves. So keeping all of this in mind, I wanted to take a look at how the defund the police movement is doing now, now that we have had time to see the effects of it. What is the defund the police movement? And, and why would someone believe that it's a good idea in the first place? Well, I, I, I take you to the American Friends Service Committee and their website and, and an article. They have many articles on there about defunding the police. And here is one of those. It says, in the aftermath of the police murder of George Floyd, protests erupted in Minneapolis and across the U.S. with activists and community members demanding that Black Lives Matter and with many calling to defund the police. Many of us, particularly white people, have been taught to equate policing with public safety and can't imagine alternatives to a punitive law enforcement model. But our criminal legal system has was built to reinforce deep structural racism in our society. For most individuals and communities of color, policing has brought terror rather than safety. Now, I'm going to say here, and I, I, I just can't help it but interject here. If many of your communities, many members of your community was, were not doing wrong or illegal things, they would not have anything to worry about. They're worried that it brings terror because... They're on the wrong side of the law, is what I would propose to you. It goes on to say that mur the murders of George Floyd and, and others, um, and, and they say other countless black and brown people at the hands of police are not anomalies. They are evidence of a racist system. They are evidence. Did you hear that? They are evidence of a racist system that disproportionately targets people of color for violence, imprisonment, and death. Okay, this is not proved or backed up in any way. They just throw this statement out there with no proof that it even is a thing. They say we need real change. That's why we must stop investing in police and incarcer incarceration and instead intentionally invest in alternative models that are centered in community and, and address the root causes of harm in addition to making greater investments in schools, healthcare, and other human needs that keep our communities safe. My question here is how will giving money to schools and to doctors and to social workers keep people safe? They, they don't address that. They just throw out the statement. And, oh, by the way, this is about money. <laughs> they're, that's what they're saying here, that this is about money. Here, here's why they say we should 
all support the call to defund the police. Number one, policing in the U.S. was established to maintain white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah, really, that's their first point. Okay, that policing in the U.S. was established to maintain white supremacy. I know, I know (laughs) some of you are laughing right now, but this is real. Okay, this is not a spoof. The police are not a neutral body, they say. And the institution is inherently biased. In the U.S., slave patrols and night watches were the beginning of a radically and racially directed system of law enforcement designed to secure capital for the white settlers. Now, I say to that, prove it. This was not started of any racial motivated police department. This was not the start of that. Okay. If you're going to throw that kind of stuff out there, you need to show some, some level of proof. Okay. It's just throwing smoke. Now they say over the past 40 years, the expansion of racially targeted policing and policies such as stop and frisk and the war on drugs have helped fuel mass incarcerations in the U.S. with African-Americans incarcerated at more than five times the rate of white people. Black and brown people are disproportionately targeted from a young age with hundreds and thousands of children ages 6 to 14 arrested, often by police officers stationed in schools as school resource officers. Okay. These school resource officers were doing the exact thing that you are saying that you want to be accomplished. Okay. They were there not to arrest kids and not to, to throw them in jail, but particularly if they were, you know, their, their skin was the color of, of not, not, their, not white. They were there because they were trying to make inroads within kids' lives to show them that they're there to, to help them. They're there to to help guide them down the right paths and the right roads. And instead, people like this worked to take these officers out of schools. Here's here's some statistics for you. Blacks make up 13% of all Americans. Blacks also make up 53% of all homicides. Blacks make up 60% of all robberies. Now, are these people really saying that it's only because people are that that police are looking for black people doing doing wrong and not white people that that these numbers are so different? 13% of the population, 53% of homicides and 60% of robberies. That doesn't make sense. Now they go on to say that police forces have also become more militarized. Since 1990, the federal government has transferred $6 billion of excess military equipment to local and law enforcement agencies under the 1033 program, giving police access to mine-resistant vehicles, assault rifles, and grenade launchers. For years, police have also undergone warrior training that teaches them to see every encounter as potentially life-threatening. Well, I should hope so. Especially when those encounters involve people of color. Oh, I'm sure. Every year, on-duty police kill an estimated 1,000 people. So, according to them, we should not equip or protect our law enforcement. We need to defund them. 
they say, what's more, a, a recent study revealed that hundreds of active duty officers from across the country are members of racist and anti-government groups on Facebook. <laughs> I don't think there is any reason to comment on this one. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one there. Number two, policing doesn't keep us safe, according to them. Despite the billions of dollars spent every year on policing, more than 15,000 people were killed by gun violence in, in 2019 alone. Disproportionately young people of color. If policing and imprisonment stopped violence, the U.S. would be the most peaceful country in the world. But decades of evidence shows us this is not the case. Okay. <laughs> Number one, data shows that 93% of black homicide victims are killed by other blacks. Doesn't sound very racist to me. And according to the Wall Street Journal, blacks commit violent crimes at seven to ten times the rate that whites do. Those are facts. Obviously, they, they don't match up with what these guys are saying, but those are the actual facts. So they go on to say, if we believe in everyone's right to live in safety and peace, we need to dismantle institutions that were never intended to get us there and free up resources for solutions that are actually designed to create healthy, safe, sustainable communities. <laughs> A straight line can be drawn between family breakdown and youth violence. Maybe we should be focusing, if, if you really want to be focusing on things that really do bring you healthy, safe, and sustainable communities, well, maybe empowering the family then might be a better option. Number three, body cameras, trainings, and other so-called reform measures will not end cycles of police violence. In Minneapolis and other U.S. cities, body cameras and other reform measures were implemented as part of the Obama administration's multi-million dollar response to the call for police accountability and have proven largely ineffective. Body cameras are regularly shut off by police and do not result in less violent behavior while increasing surveillance of those being policed. Trainings on implicit biases for police have shown no de de uh, uh, no effect. <laughs> in, in fact, in Chicago, it was found that officers accused of abuses were leading training. And community policing, the idea that if police and community community work together, there will be more trust in the police, doesn't work either. The practice uh, deputizes white and wealthy community members to surveil their neighbors, resulting in even more police actions based on racist attributes and beliefs. So, what they're saying, you 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 can't just say body cameras, training, and community help doesn't work. You have to show some proof. Just to throw this out there saying, it doesn't work either. Doesn't tell us anything. Okay, it just tells us your bias. Number four, policing diverts billions of dollars from schools 
healthcare, and other vital programs that need more funding to strengthen our communities and support shared well-being. U.S. cities, they say, collectively spent $100 billion a year on policing, while needed investments, so police aren't needed, needed investments in education, healthcare, housing, and other critical programs go unfulfilled, particularly in poor communities and communities of color. New York City, for instance, spends more on policing than it does on the departments of health, homeless services, housing prevention and development, and youth and community development combined. Well, I should hope so. I would love to do away with a few of those departments. On uh, Our tax dollars must be relocated from this system that regularly murders black people with impunity and instead invested in programs that strengthen our communities, is what they say. So police, according to them, police are murdering blacks without consequence. That's what they're saying here. Okay, They're saying that police are murdering blacks without consequences. Another inconvenient fact for you, the, De- the Detroit public school system gets almost more money per student than any other in the country, yet has some of the worst student outcomes. So we know for a fact, that's proof, that dollars doesn't mean better. Just because some system has dollars doesn't make it better. And that kind of goes against what they're trying to do here. Number five, black organizers are calling for divestment from policing and investment in human needs across the country. As part of its platform, the movement for black lives calls for the reallocation of federal, state, and local government funds from policing and incarceration to long-term strategies for education, restorative justice services, and employment programs. In Chicago, the hashtag NoCopAcademy campaign galvanized thousands of community members and garnered the support of more than 100 community organizations in urging the city to shift funding for a new $95 million police academy to programs that benefit youth and communities. So yes, we do know here that this is all about the money. That's what it's about. They're basically just telling you straight up. Now they say faced with budget shortfalls and urgent healthcare needs, at least 13 cities have made cuts to their police budgets. So even at at the time that they wrote this, 13 cities had already made cuts to their police departments. Uh, Our tax dollars should be invested in and this is number. This is their number six um, point. Our tax dollars should be invested in more humane and just uh, alternatives to policing. That include funding healthcare workers to respond to mental health emergencies instead of the police. Of course, if that goes south and you know a healthcare worker gets shot, that's okay. Uh, it also means shifting our resources to transformative justice approaches that support survivors and work directly with the person who has caused harm through community-based systems of accountability. Under these models, community members work together to keep each other safe. The human costs of investing in policing instead of our communities investing in policing doesn't mean we're investing in our communities, right? 
uh, have been social as well as financial. We have created a society that work that, that looks to policing as the answer to our problems, both real and imagined, calling the police not only in emergencies, but also in response to white people's fears or annoyances in many situations where people of color are simply trying to live their lives. Yes, all of us white people are racists, and we only use the police to get rid of black annoyances. You got us. You got us on that one. They go on to say, defunding police is one step we can take to free up resources and public imagination for more just and humane approaches to community safety and shared well-being. It's time to defund the police. Tell your governor, invest in our communities, not policing. So, so now that we are a number of months into this little experiment, uh, into the illogical, how is it going? Well, from an article from MSN.com, the police, uh, the defund the police movement falls flat on its face in New York City. The defund the, the police movement has crashed and burned in New York City, perhaps putting a welcome close to one of the dumbest chapters in police reform debates. Current Mayor Bill de Blasio has promised some $1.5 billion in cuts to the city's police department, but Few of those cuts came to fruition. Instead, de Blasio reversed the decision to scrap the new police department precinct in southeast Queens. The city now will spend $105 million to build it. Meanwhile, the frontrunner for the Democratic nomination to replace uh, de Blasio's, uh, they all are not pushing the idea of defunding the police. The movement to defund the police departments uh, was always defined, uh, destined to fail, it says. It was an idea so dumb that only privileged activists and cowardly politicians could give life to it. And in the most populous city in the country, the surge in crime has been impossible to ignore. New York saw a 17% increase in homicides just in the first four months of last year. And, and that's, that's an 83% increase in shootings, even. The city also saw a 73% increase in hate crimes. The only thing that compares to the city's spike in violent crime is a spike in police retirements. As the NYPD saw a 75% increase in retirements and officers putting in their papers to leave their job in 2020. The, the defund the police movement has shown its failure in Minneapolis, which has gone from promising to abolish its police department to bringing in outside police officers to fill a shortage. So they went from, we're not going to have any more police any longer in Minneapolis to, hey, we need to bring in more people because we have a shortage it has also failed in Portland, where the mayor requested emergency funds to address a surge in gun violence after the city had disbanded the police units that investigate gun violence. So you disband the organization, the unit, the police unit that, that investigates those things, and suddenly you have a spike in gun violence. So now we need more funds for that. 
But no failure has been as glaring as New York City is now. It's a good sign that New York City appears ready to turn the page, but it never should have gone this far in the first place. It was obvious that the defund the police movement had no answer to the surge in violent crime. It was obvious that it was being pushed by anti-police activists, not true reformers. It was always going to play out like this. But it's better than the reversal come late than never. But despite the obvious failure of the defund the police movement, liberal politicians can't they, they can't put the blame where it belongs. Instead, they try to come up with other ideas that boggle the mind of, of any sane or rational person. Uh, from Fox News, it says, Washington state lawmakers introduced a bill this month that would reduce penalties for drive-by shootings with the aim of promoting racial equity. <laughs> now, now, really, this, this is real. The bill introduced by Democratic Representative Tara Simmons and David Hackney ahead of the state's 2022 legislative session would eliminate drive-by shootings as a basis for elevating a first-degree murder charge or, or aggravated murder in the first degree, which carries a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment. Drive-by shootings were added uh, to the list in 1995 as part of um, as part of another bill that basically uh, raised the uh, penalty for drive-by shootings. Now, uh, Representative Simmons, um, who represents the uh, the Western Washington area, argued that quote It's clear that it was targeted at gangs that were predominantly young and black. So, so we're going to lower the penalties for drive-by shootings because most of the offenders are young and black. <laughs> so we can't have that. So we're going to lower those penalties. So I believe in, in a society that believes in the power of redemption, she told Fox News. Murder is murder, no matter what the bullet comes from. But looking, but but locking young people up and throwing away the key is not the answer. <laughs> so, yeah, when drive-by shootings were added to the aggressive factors thing in 1995, the state was experiencing, of course, a, a huge uh, surge in gang-related crime. And yet, what this politician says is the law's history and application is what we mean when we talk about systemic racism. That is just pathetic. And lastly, post this, this is this is a post from the Portland Tribune back in uh, October of last year. It said Portland officials are rolling out a novel strategy to curb gun violence. It's called traffic barrels. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Traffic barrels. Okay, I'm I'm I, I'm going to try to get through this without laughing too much. The city commissioner Joe Ann Hardesty has ordered the Portland Bureau of Transportation to install traffic calming devices across a six-block area in the Mount Scott area, neighborhood, which has, of course been plagued by some shootings, um, and a lot of it linked to high-speed drivers. Uh, in a statement, Hardesty admitted. There is no simple solution to the shooting spike recorded uh, here and nationwide. Gun violence is going up. Hardesty said that officials must bring an all-hands-on-deck creative mindset to combat the problem. 
and she's directing the the transportation department that she does have some control over because she doesn't have control over the, the the police though she wants it she wants to do away with the police department she's saying she, she's ordering the the roads department to put up these traffic barriers city hall has since last year been been planting hundreds of local access only barriers as part of a safe street strategy <laughs> Workers have installed eight traffic barrels uh, near this the southeast uh, side of town, and uh, <laughs> and they're they're using it as a as a test project. So so we're going to put up traffic barrels <laughs> to slow down drive by shooters. <laughs> it's it, it's it just never ends. It all boils down to this. <laughs> um. Implementing stupid ideas produce stupid results. That's what it boils down to. These leftists see money that they can grab in the form of police department funding. And they are creating a situation that is getting people killed. And our communities are becoming less safe. But that doesn't matter to them. As long as they get their money and their power and their agenda gets implemented, who cares about lives and safety? let's defund the defund the police movement. That's what I say. You may agree and you may disagree. You may, you, you may even have more laughs of, of things that are happening in your area. Would love to hear uh, from you on those. You can go to Facebook and our group there. Would love to have you click on the link to, to subscribe there. Uh, Instagram as well. Uh, MeWe. Uh, and of course you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.